On this week's Big Tech Show, when you travel, how do you avoid getting completely ripped off on roaming charges outside of Europe? And what are some of the travel hacks you should know about that aren't included in the tech you buy? We give you all the tips you need to know. On top of my list, Adrian, is my noise-cancelling headphones. When I put them on, I love that it just goes boom, and you're in this kind of sonic bubble and you can't hear the baby and you can't hear that weird frequency of the aircon on the airplane. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. Shachten, an Indo Askelige. Time in mon Europe the end of Chacht Erachor. Agasuligum a Makan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nach Vetoch, Ara, Igornamion, on Kestin Echol. Vientolum again omgrev, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Allianz. Supporting all 32 counties through the Allianz Leagues. Hello and welcome to the Throwin Independent.ie's GA podcast in association with Allianz. I'm Will Slattery and welcome to our Allianz Football League preview. And joining me for our chat today, I'm delighted to have with me Dunica Boyle and Dick Clerken. Guys, how are things? Great, Will. How are you? Looking forward to Very good. A haircut on training last night, Will. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great to have great to have football back finally. And a bit of a different format this year in the league. The four divisions have been split into north and south. Division one, for instance, we have Division One North with Armagh, Donegal, Monaghan, and Tyrone. And then Division One South with Dublin, Galway, Kerry, and Roscommon. And Dick, I suppose it's great to have football back generally, but in terms of the new format, you know, does it change how you're looking at the league going into later in the summer? How are you approaching it? It'd be very interesting, uh, Will, like with all the talk about new structures and what the future state of the championship and league and all has to happen, like it'd be a very interesting experiment, this new format, um, because if you sort of think about it, it's it's taken the best of the league in, in that you need a league format with the top teams, but then you're sort of equally getting that local rivalry bit in with that as well. So it'd be very interesting to see how it plays out and, and how well it goes down. Because I'm just looking at this Ulster group, you know, Armagh, Donegal, Mon and Tyrone, which will be great. It's like a wee mini round-robin Ulster championship. And, you know, if it's proven to be a success, will it maybe give people a bit of a, a think in terms of how the, the league and championship can merge long-term? Obviously, you're, you're pushed into this situation at the minute, but is it something to think about longer term in terms of how we can restructure things? So uh, there's great games, like I'm just looking at the, the sequence of games here in this uh, Division One North group. Each of them is like a, a championship game in their own right. And I, I genuinely think teams will go at these hammer and tongs because you have three weeks, you have literally two weeks, you've got the space of 14 days, you've got the three games played and then you're straight into championship. So there's going to be no no soft starting. You've you got to find form, you've got to, you got to hold your jersey, you've got to try and get your jersey you know, because the, the, the summer will be over as quick as it'll start if you don't. Yeah, I don't get interesting. A few interesting points Dick raises. First one, I thought, that I hadn't really considered much because I was just looking at the league more of this was kind of a structure of convenience given the nature of the year and COVID and travel and, and stuff like that. But he points out, you know, especially with that Northern group, the rivalries that are built in there. Could this be maybe a long-term way of kind of rejigging things, changing it up a bit? Um, I suppose, like everything, we're going to know a lot more in 
in a fortnight's time when when the thing is run off. But I suppose what is added to it, particularly in the Division One North Group, it's it's very local and it's very tribal, um, and it will add a little bit more to the thing. Of course, you have a lot riding on it in terms of uh, pr- uh, pr- uh, the staying up, which I think is going to be huge because it won't take a whole lot for a team, maybe even a team that's fancy to do something, maybe the the start slow, which maybe you've seen some of the big teams do over the last couple of years. You start slow here, and maybe you're out six days again later, and if you lo- and then all of a sudden you're under pressure, and you're, you're sort of like you're looking over your shoulder, the possibility of going down. So yeah, in, in terms of the structure going forward, I, I don't know. I think we've just been sort of trying to survive over the last couple of seasons, just trying to run the competitions, get as many games as you can into a limited window. Not everyone's happy. That was never going to be the case. It was just impossible to fit in all the things that everyone wanted. Like for example, a backdoor in the football championship. But um, look, I think I think when we do emerge from this, and maybe this time next year, where when we're up and running, hopefully in a, in a league as we know it, I think we will have learned a few things about what we want our league and our championship to look like. Um, obviously, there's a vote coming on that in in special congress uh, later on this year when if and when that gets organised. So um, look, it's it, it's it, as they say, don't waste the crisis, and I think we will come out and we'll know a bit more about what will the structures will look like over the next couple of years after uh, after this league and championship campaign. One of the subplots that's worth keeping an eye on, I suppose, is just in terms of how the structure itself plays out, you know, independent of how teams perform. And, and Dick, you kind of mentioned that you think teams will go at it hard. You kind of look at how Galway, when they came back after lockdown, lost a bit of momentum in that league just before the championship. It's a similarly tight lead in time this year. So it is crucial for teams not to, you know, get off to a bad start and have that kind of fester, uh, you know, given the championship is so close to the league. You don't have time. Like, you, you can't you can't sort of take how teams might have approached the league and then into championship in years gone by because you, it's such a gap, you know, like you were, you were talking February, March, April, and then you mightn't be back playing championship till till June and you'll be back playing with your club. Like, that's that's gone. So this notion of, oh, we'll, We'll we'll ease into the league and ramp up to the championship because that that was that was okay five years ago or even two or three years ago. Like that is just not the case this year. You you have to be going well because you've literally got you know you've got three weeks, not even three weeks, it's fourteen days of your three games, and then very quickly you'll be you'll be jumping into championship. So as a player, you know whatever, but a manager you want a player needs to find form. He needs to. He needs to sort of dust down the cobwebs of of, of COVID very quickly. Um, young players need to try and get get a hold of a jersey and, and prove themselves very quickly because there's so few opportunities to do that. You know, you don't have a, a break to go and play club football and, and shine there. You got to do it. Like there's a lot of young players in the Monaghan camp will be looking to to try and squeeze in there. So they got to do that in Enniskill against Armagh. They got to do it in Bally Buffet against Donegal, or they got to do it in Omer against Throne. No easy places to go and play at the best of times. So, you know, I think if players don't, they could find the, the the summer's over for them as quickly as it started. So, uh, you know, and 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 different teams have different dynamics because they know what they're facing into from a championship point of view. Um, Ulster is always the case that you can't look too far forward beyond the, the first round. So, you know, I think there'll be a, there'll be a sharp focus. And as you've already said, very fine line between staying up and, and going down, which no team wants to do. Yeah, and Dunica, in terms of talking points or teams, like who are you looking at going into this Division One campaign? Who are you interested to see or who do you think it's a, it's a big campaign for, you know, with an eye on later in the year? 
I think it's huge for Kerry. Like by by some distance, they're the team that you maybe you know if you go back to last year, they came through Division One, both sides of the Division One campaign. They looked quite comfortable. Um, and looked like they were in a really good spot. And then they get chinned by Cork in, in the way that they did. And, you know, Peter Keane was talking about it the other day, you know, I think they expected themselves to have a much different championship than they actually did. So I think to see what they do, what they come with, what their personnel are like, you know, have they changed much? Um, I, th- I think one of the interesting things about this shortened championship for a uh, league and championship over the last two years is it doesn't give the chase and pack a whole pile of time to try and close the gap. So I actually think the structure of things suits Dublin. I think it suits the Limerick Orders. I think it suits the teams at the very top of the tree because there's not much to go on. There's not much time to build momentum, to build a game plan, maybe to, to tighten up on things you want. Whereas if you're already at that place and you're operating at a really high level and where Dublin and Limerick are, I think they're they're in a better position at the minute. But I, I think Kerry are the obvious ones. You know, they, they, they will come with a point to prove You'd expect them to hit the ground running. Um, and then, as far as I know, I think the draw is set up in such a way that we could conceivably have uh, the Leinster champions and the Munster champions in an order final. So that, um, you know, that, that is one to look at. But I, I think Kerry are, are, are the team to watch. The other thing about the league is, particularly when you go further down um, the pecking order, the league is more or less everything for those teams. Because if you look at maybe just having a quick look at, say, the Leinster Championship draw, and either Wicklow or Wexford have Dublin, you know. So their league campaigns are pretty much their entire season. So, you know, Wicklow and Wexford, if they can look about promotion, that would be, I would imagine that is their, almost all of their, uh, what they're aiming for this season. Um, for, for a lot of teams, that's the case as well. Straight knockout, they don't stand a whole pile of chance, say, in the, in the, in the provincial championship, that's and, and even allowing for what Calvin did last year, what Tipperary did, but you still have to think that for those teams, the league is going to be absolutely everything. So I think there are teams to watch as well, the ones that maybe have got a very difficult draw in the championship. I think you'll see them putting all their eggs in that basket. Mm. And Dick, in terms of carries, don't you mention there, like how big a league is it for them? How big a year is it for them after how they exited against Cork last year? Listen, it had to have been a, a very difficult winter for them to to uh, I was a I was a sore wound to have to lick like they they know they just were complacent they were slack and they got caught and, and there was no comeback there was no back door and they'll they'll just have had to suck that up and 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 and, and try and come into this year in a good frame of mind. Listen, they, they have the panel, they have the talents, they have to figure out how to sort of get the best of, of, of David Clifford and and he is the talisman to, to, to sort of bring them to an all Ireland title. Let's, let's not, not, not dance around. He, he's that good and he's that important to it. Uh, to them, they, they need to, there's certain areas of the, the pitch that they need to improve on you know the need to lock down a good solid reliable midfield parent and a consistent parent they need to figure out how they want to play their football do they want to play a traditional attack and expressive carry brand or balance it you know i think they got caught in two mains uh, too often and it cost them an all Ireland a couple of years ago when they didn't just go out and beat dublin when they had them on the ropes so they need to find their own way they need to find the way that those players can go out and play with the play with the confidence that Dublin play with. And like people talk about resources, they talk about players, they talk about all this stuff. Like I had the privilege of going down to watch Dublin three times last year in the in the empty stadiums. And it was a different experience than watching them in a full 
Croke Park with all the noise and the distraction. Like, and you've got to appreciate the intensity and the focus and the pure confidence that they play with on the pitch, Will. And I've never seen another team play like that. And it doesn't matter who they're playing. Um, whether it's Westmead, whether it's Cavan or it's Kerry, they just go out and do the thing. They back their tactics, they back themselves and they play off the front foot. You know, so if a Kerry, a Mayo, a Donegal, a Tyrone, a Monaghan, any of these teams want to beat Dublin, they have to bring that confidence that they, 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 they Dublin bring because that's what keeps them up at that top level of, of consistency. And other teams just can't get up to there and I think that's not always just ability it's just not backing themselves and backing their back in the back in the talent that they all, all many of them have in the ranks yeah and Dunica just on Dublin like does the absence of Desi Farrell now for this league campaign from the touchline like is that is that a, a kind of a, a any chink in their armor now not having their manager there they're, they're kind of their their general I know it's you know he'll be back for championship but even in terms of preparation looking across the years am I am I overthinking it or overreading it to be honest, I think that's minimal. And it goes back to what I was saying beforehand. Like, there's just such an experienced group to know exactly what they have to do, to know exactly what it takes to perform at the level they've been performing at. So, Desi missing until the championship, you know, it's it's almost, it's next door to irrelevant, if not quite irrelevant. The other thing about Dublin is, in fairness to them, they, w- they will not expect a game of any significance um, until the All-Ireland semi-final which is, what are we now? We're in, we're in mid-May. That's going to come around maybe late July, I think. Um, maybe maybe August. So they have loads of time to get things right. You'd expect them even at half speed to stay up in Division 1 and cruise through Leinster again. So they're a long way off. Like They will be looking to peak for that t- stage of the game. So they're actually in a very strong position in terms of the league and the championship. They can use it. You'll still expect them to pick up enough points uh, to stay up they have Wicklow or Wexford in the first round and go on from there and everyone in Leinster will be grist to the mill like they've been for the last while um, and then come the All-Ireland semi-final they have to be right so I think I think they're in a really strong position again and it's going back to the point I made earlier with no one having time to try and close the gap and tweak things and maybe get a little bit stronger um, I think I think it suits the likes of Dublin and the very strong teams at the minute yeah, Dick, it's interesting on Dublin and, and Dunnick's point that the format suited them because I suppose last year you're looking at no Jack McCaffrey, you know, Paul Mannion was minimal. He only came on in the final off the bench, but they only had to play, you know, Mayo as well as a Division One side in the final, or Mead were as well. They had been relegated in, in the Leinster final, but didn't give them much of a test. So they it kind of they didn't actually have to play that many good teams or top teams rather to, to get another All Ireland. No, and that's you know, Donegal has already said that's that's going to be the case. But I'm just looking. I I wouldn't be surprised if maybe Desi Farrell. They're almost looking at this league as being more important than the Leinster Championship because, you know, look at the games they have to play. Right, let's let's not to be unfair to Roscommon. You'd have fancy taking that. They have to go to Thurles to play Kerry because they've lost home advantage. No home games. Remember, I'm on in the same boat. Right, so. Let's let's say Kerry turned Dublin over in Thurles. They have to then go to Chewham and beat Galway in Chewham to avoid a relegation playoff, possibly, which could be against a, a Tyrone or a Donegal. So they could very easily, with 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 not doing an awful lot wrong, you know, losing a, a tight game against Donegal in Chewham, find themselves in a relegation playoff against a, an Ulster team would just love nothing more than sink them into Division Two. So forget about Leinster; they're going to cakewalk through that. 
but they're not trying to, for, for some reason, get off to a bad start in the year. So I think, you know, to, to put that to bed quickly, they'll want to get off to a, to, to a good start and not having any potential of a relegation playoff or anything like that. Um, will Desi Farrell, will the management on the sideline? No, because by the time it matters, he, he'll, he'll be back. Let's, let, let's be honest. But they'll just want to tidy up what they need to do early on to avoid something very, very obscure possibly happening, which, you know, I think you're going to see a few surprises now with the way that structure is in terms of a team that might find themselves um, dipping down into, into Division 2 that they didn't expect it. And don't, Dublin certainly won't, won't want to get caught up in that. Yeah, Dick, and in terms of your own county, Monaghan, the, the disrupted preparations, again, similar to Dublin with the, with the COVID bans, like, do you think it'll have an impact in Monaghan? Well, at a very simple level, similar to the same with Dublin, like they've lost some advantage, like the three away games, effectively. Like, you know, if you if you, if you believe the stats and they're, they're borne out in terms of the home advantage and well, what it brings you, they've lost that. They have to go to Bally Buffet, they have to go to Oma, and they now have to go to Enniskillen to play Armagh. So it's it's not easy for them. It's not going to be easy for them at all. Um, massive game against Armagh in the first one. Uh, if you can get that, That'll all they have to do is get a result in either of the other two, but it's really tough. That 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 opening group like Armagh will be coming up looking to you know they've been too far out of the the top tier, and that they'll want to make an impression. You know they didn't do themselves justice. I don't think against Donegal last year in the championship. So McGinn will be looking to they've good talent at Armagh. They've good young players. So you know they're coming to their milk and they'll want to show that they're they're able to compete. A lot of different dynamics going on there with Tyrone, new management, all these players that they're expecting now are going to break out of, of, of the the constraints that Mickey Hart were putting on them, whether that was true or not. So it'll be interesting to see what they bring. And, and Donegal will obviously, no more so than Kerry, um, have, a, have, have had a long winter to, to lick their wounds over that Cavan defeat. So, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of different things are playing in, in Division 1. Yeah, Donegal, Donegal is an interesting one. Talking about them for a couple of years, as in, you know, you're looking in, you think, right, they have all the raw materials there. They have really good players, like nationally renowned players in almost every line. They seem to produce a good, steady flow of talented young uh, guys that we think, oh, they'll add something, Ocean Gallon, these fellas. And then yet and all, for a couple of years now, when it's come to game that was going to make or break their season, they kind of just fall out. Um, and... I, that hasn't gone unnoticed, I don't think, within the county itself. Like we've got a really good bunch here. We still have Michael Murphy moving well. You know, we need to we need to make some impression here. So I, I'd be very interested to see what they come up with this time around. Um, and it, again, they're so they're in such a tight spot with straight into the Ulster Championship and that fourteen group, uh, which is effectively a mini Ulster Championship in Division One North. Um, you know, it, it's they're they're, a, they're in a difficult spot, but I, I do I still think they have. I know, and I wonder what big things about it, but I think they have all the raw materials to be a very top side. Yeah, they, they do. They've, they've been probably a wee bit unfortunate uh, with different players at different times that are picking up injuries in, in, in clutch games. You know, Paddy McBrady was obviously a man. Like if, if they can keep him fit, and you know, you know, he's, he's such a talent, but really we haven't seen the best of him for, for, for a number of years now. And uh, you know he's he's a, he's a marquee forward on his own in any team, and and Donegal have been doing well largely in his absence. So if they can get him him in, you know Michael Murphy, yes, going well, but like he's a lot of years now. Like they need other guys to be able to step up, and you know you, you, if you can go back to, I don't know if any of you were at it, the game not last year, the year before down in um, in Castle Bar against Mayo, where. 
let's be honest, none of the rest of the guys stood up. Michael Murphy tried to do it himself, and he couldn't do it. You know, he he, he and 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 nobody else around him was able to to deliver. So the need, a Paddy, the need other some of the other these guys to to have that leadership quality and tight games that they've they've slipped up in in the last few years that they should have been winning. Like they shouldn't, they should not have been losing against that against Cavan last year. They'll know that, but. You know, they just there wasn't player to stand up and, and grab that game by the scruff of the neck that other teams have in, in tight spots. So listen, there's there's talent there, but they gotta get it out in the pitch. They gotta get it out in the pitch, fit and fresh and, and be able to compete when it matters. And just too often over the last couple of years they haven't been able to do that. Yeah, like one statistic that kind of illustrates how they've kind of stumbled at the latter stages of the championship. They haven't played in an All-Ireland semi-final since the day they beat Dublin back in 2014, which, you know, Dublin are going for seven in a row this year. Like, so it shows just how far, how, how long it's been since they were in the final four. What about Tyrone then, Dunica? Like, I think as Dick kind of alluded to earlier, the new management team, there is an expectation that perhaps some of their forward potential could be unlocked in a more incisive way, potentially. Like, is that overblown, you know, or, or do you think that's a, a, actually a reality that it could be a more offensive style of play? Well, that, it, that does, that sort of narrative, it does fall in line with what, you know, certain people would have been saying about Tyrone for the last while. I remember Sean Cavanagh made that point. He said, look, I'm in training every night. It's come back a few years from training. And he says, we have some of the best forwards in Ulster. And, you know, maybe between one thing and another, between fellas dropping in and out of panels, between the style of play, um, maybe we never quite got to see exactly what they were talking about. The expectation now seems to be that somehow they'll be let off the leash and, you know, that it'll just be all expansive, free-flowing stuff. I think that's a bit unrealistic, to be honest, because, you know, any none of the top teams play like that. I think they all are... They all have a very much, uh, they have a very steady base to walk off and to go from there. Um, so I think you will see something like that. Like that, but I, I, you will see a shift in style. I think, um, uh, and you will see maybe them trying to play a little bit more, uh, more expansively. But it won't be just gung ho stuff overnight. But it will be very interesting because they do produce a lot of talent and fellas we talk about like. You know, I, I'm, I've seen Ron O'Neill be one of those forwards now, and he's around a long time, but he sort of dropped in and out of the panel every now and again. But I've seen him do things playing football, you think, geez, he's a complete natural, like, you know, he's an absolute, you know, classic inside forward, um, very classy, very, you know, stylish on the ball. Maybe his face didn't fit for whatever reason, or maybe, you know, there's less room for, or forgiveness for those guys in, in inter-county football. But you, you would think that, you know, the likes of him, will get more of a chance now uh, to maybe flourish in this setup. Um, that's certainly the expectation. The reality now, it'll be interesting to see. I'm actually going to Oman Saturday night for Donegal and Tyrone, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing both those teams and, and Tyrone in particular just to see what, what they look like because, they, as we've mentioned already, it won't have a whole lot of time to bet in. So whatever they're trying to do and whatever their style of play is going to be, it's going to be on show on Saturday night. Yeah, and what a game to start off with. Yeah, I, 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 I think, I, I think just, just to focus on Tyrone slightly, like Derek Canavan, Conor McKenna, and whether Cattle Machine is backfit. I haven't heard, unless you have heard any update on his his progress. Like it was last August, he got the operation. August, September, October, November, May. You'd like to think that he should be back uh fit if he's if he's if he's moving forward like each of those players on their own are are potential marquee forwards like Derek Canavan like he's he, we know what talent he has he's just can he make the step up 
to senior level and uh, you know can they, can they find a place to fit him a Conor McKenna um, a Cahill and then you've got all the other support acts around them like there so there is the raw materials and the talent um, and and there's no doubt about it but it's, it's getting them all to fit and jail and get the best out of them um, you have Lee Brennan you've got Mark Bradley you've the Donnelly's obviously so you've, there's, there's no end of talent up there it's just getting them to fit getting them all to, to, to work together, but equally having a good, solid, competitive, defensive shape, which is a must as well. So, interesting. I remember covering a game up there where um, they had uh, Matty Donnelly and Sean Cavan as, as a two-man full forward line. You know, so that would be, I think that kind of spoke to maybe what, maybe Mickey didn't think he had the inside men um, to, to perform the role that he wanted them to perform. And you had two of your sort of leading central players uh, thrown into that that job so um so it, it, from that point of view I, I think it will getting all the pieces to fish and getting all and maybe bringing as much of that defensive stability and security as they had over the last few years that is that is the key thing and Conor McKenna will be very interesting too um you know absolutely stand out underage talent and his talent translated to the AFL for the most part like he was a real sort of style footballer over there he's very like off the cuff it seemed uh, and he came back last year and he had a very good impact in the couple of league matches he played uh, and you know maybe didn't go as well for him in the championship then but um, I, I think Dick's right all of those fellas into the same team in a way that the team still functions um, is going to be the challenge for them and Dick from what you know of kind of the scene up in Toronto like was it a very was it a popular move to, to bring in a new management team after you know all the years Mickey Hart was there did, did supporters and, and Toronto football people did did they want to change uh, there was listen there was just been going on this five or six years and um, probably even before that that's you know, you know as, as the saying goes familiarity breeds contempt and you know, they're such a passionate, like they're, they're rabid, passionate, you know, GA people up there. And there's such competitiveness in the club scene. And there's so much, so many guys that have the potential to play county football. And, you know, when guys aren't been accommodated or you see guys, they're taking a year out, you know, that's their own club will rally around them and sort of then blame somebody else. And all that sort of stuff was going on. You could, you know, 20 test cases or case studies around that so yes time was right for change and I think everyone would accept that now far away fields are green and all that and you know if the three guys um, or many of them involved in the management team up there don't get off to a good start you know the pitchforks will be out fairly quickly because the reality is up there they want success they got used to winning all Ireland titles and everything there and, and they want to be back up at that level and uh, the field have the talent that of the resources to have the the infrastructure that everything that, that's there, um. So they they want a quick return, and um, you know, Mickey Hart brought an awful lot of consistency. You can't you can't put a price on that consistency and knowledge of your players and what makes them tick. And and equally, did he see something that others didn't in terms of listen? These guys just aren't good enough to let them off the leash if we want to be competitive and get to all Ireland finals, this is what we have to do with the players that we have. It's not the, the Brian McWiggins, the Muggsies, the Peter Cadamans, the Stephen O'Neill's. That's, that's not what we have, but, but, but maybe 
Fergal Logan and Duhur can, can get more out of them. So it'll be very interesting. But listen, don't they'll not they'll not get too long a honeymoon period because they don't do that up in Toronto. <laughs> yeah, if they if they lose to Donegal this weekend, even I'm sure it'll already be be some questions. And Donegal, if you just look down the division into Division Two, Mayo down uh, outside the top flight for the first time, I think over twenty years. They got to the All Ireland final last year, but there doesn't seem to be a sense that people are are still like really excited or talking about them. They had a lot of retirements, albeit players who hadn't really featured in the championship. Like I suppose James Horan, to be fair to him, kind of got to a final while still rebuilding the team. So he does seem to they have the team kind of, you know, at least a, a bit further along in the development than people might have thought. Yeah, I, I don't think that James Horan would have come back uh, if he thought he had to slow, solely rely on the group that he had sort of left behind him after the 2014 semi-final defeat in Limerick to Kerry. I think he had a, an idea that there was a good crop coming through and we saw a little bit of that last year. Oshin Mullen was obviously the, the standout one, but for the most part, I thought Owen McLaughlin had a very good year as well. Um, and they have sort of managed to, on the hoof, they've managed to replace the likes of Keith Higgins who've moved on because those fellas are very similar and I won't just say they're at Keith's level yet, but they're very similar in style and they're very dynamic and they love going forward and they're very, they play on the front foot. Um, and uh, so, it, yeah, the, I think you're right in saying they did rebuild in the hoof. It, it may be in some ways Division 2 will give them a chance to sort of experiment a little bit more. I still think that group is very, um, it's very, uh, that's, they're in with Mead down and Mayo, I think. It's like we said already, we're repeating ourselves, but it's, 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 it could be six days between matches and all of a sudden you're looking over your shoulder. So, look, I think Mayo are in a fairly good spot. They'll have an awful lot of work to do to come out of Connacht because there's some good sides in there. It's common and Galway. Um, it, it, the Aidan O'Shea thing is interesting. You know, it's sort of vague about the, the injury he's, he's suffered, not really expecting to see him in the league, I don't think. So if he's not available, who did it, who did it turn to? What's the, what's the contingency plan there? Um, I just think they they still have an awful lot of raw materials, Mayo. They have loads of the experience, um, but at the same time, I was covering last year's All Ireland final. I think they were a point down at the water break. If if, if um, their second half water break, if uh, memory serves, but I didn't feel like it. I felt like the game was done. Um, I thought the last fifteen or twenty minutes where Dublin were just in charge and they weren't ever going to let uh, give Mayo the oxygen to get back in the game. So you do wonder about. Is the All Ireland final appearance and given the structure of the competition, does that automatically put them as next in line to Dublin in terms of contenders right now at the minute? I don't know. That might, that might give you a bit of a false read. Like they're still in the shake up, absolutely. But for me, Dublin were the best team in the country last year by a stretch. And they had been the best team in the country by uh, a stretch for the last while. I, I don't really feel like there was anyone close to them last year. And I'm not sure. Kerry that anyone can maybe close that gap this year. Yeah, Dick, like how would you assess that young cohort that James Oren has that he's going to go to battle with this year? Yeah, I, I think the dropping down into Division 2 might actually suit them, that they don't have to really worry too much about pitching themselves up at that level um, and they can just focus on coming out the right side of, uh, of, of what is a relatively good Connacht draw, so they can almost plan to be in the mix at the at the, at 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 the the business end of the season, and you know use the league, use the early rounds of the Connacht Championship to give 
younger players more game time because they have to find more. You know, they can't be keeping going back to the well. You know, they have to find and give confidence and game time to to younger forwards and players that can 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 push them up a wee bit more because they're still the three, four, five point team off off Dublin on on most days. So they have to find that. You know, as Donica said, they were just missing that X factor going down the home straight that give you the confidence that they might be able to turn Dublin over. So listen, he he found a couple of those players last year. And likes of Oshin Mullen and McLaughlin, so they need to young Conroy, so they need to bring them on and see can they find another couple of players to bring them on a wee bit. So I think looking at the way the league is, and, and you know, so they've got three league games that you know they should be able to win those maybe in third or fourth gear, not in disingenuous, the teams are there, but but they should be. And then they've got, I think, a Sligo, and then possibly is it um, who else is in the next uh, just looking at the. Yes, yeah, so they've got Leitrim. Yeah, so, you know, and, and not to be disingenuous to any of those teams, Jim's Horn will be looking at it. That's not a bad way to prep now. Maybe the only fear would they might be a wee bit gold by the time they get to a, 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 a Connacht final. But if you're sitting back looking at your calendar, he says, yeah, that's not a bad way to, 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 to be ramping up as opposed to maybe some of the Ulster teams that we talked about having to be hitting everything from, 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 from the go over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and it may have such helter-skelter league campaigns over the last you know, 10, 10 odd years. It seems to go down to the final day, maybe a, a slightly less taxing one, you know, may pay dividends in the championship. Just to finish off, guys, you might quickly look at Division 3. You have two provincial champions from last year, Cavan in Division 3 North with Derry, Longford and Fermanagh, and then Tip in Division 3 South with Limerick, Wicklow and Offaly. Dunica, do you think either of those teams, will, do you think they can build on last year and, you know, have another good run in the league or the championship? Um, or was it kind of just a weird year and they and they had a great result? How do you, how do you look at that? Goal number one for them will be getting out of three. Um, I think they've... Uh, Cavan in, in particular, a very interesting one because I suppose like going into last year, you would have said that they're missing one or two of the better players and Darren McBeady in particular was... A couple of times they went to Division 1, I thought he was the one player really stood up at that level of football the couple of times I saw them. I did a few who could all operate, but I thought McBeady was a very important player for them and that they came back and won without him was was uh, was fairly significant for them. Um, I think they should have enough to get out of Division 3. Like it is, They are a bit of a snake bit, those divisions, like 2 and 3, 4. Like All the managers will tell you every time you talk to them, like all the teams are so close to each other. And the league is so important that getting promoted out of them is 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 is, is a very difficult thing to do because you have to beat three or four in a normal year. You have to beat probably four or five teams who are at your level, and you have to beat them all within the space of six weeks, seven weeks maybe. So it's a it's it's a very hard thing to do to perform to that level all the time. I think Cavan should have enough to come out of it. Um, Tipperary maybe maybe slightly different. Obviously, a very good group of players, but they're always. I always feel like our panel is a little bit shallower than the, the, the teams they're operating against. A very strong 15, maybe even 17. But after that, they're sort of maybe a little bit vulnerable to injuries um, and temporary. But you, you would think that based on last year's form, they, they would have enough to um, they would they would have enough to come out of it. Yeah, and Dick, is there any other teams looking across the lower divisions that you're interested to see? You know, if they can get a promotion push or and maybe kick on from there. Yeah, I think. <laughs> Okay, less Division Three. Derry, like I hear, you know, there's a bit I do a bit of work up around Derry, and there's a bit more positivity around the structures and what they're trying to do up there. So again, like Tyrone, people don't appreciate how how, how 
fanatical these counties are about their football and how strong their club units are. And if they can get their act together, they're, they're better than the Division Three team. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're the raw materials there. They just can never find the ingredients. So I'd say they'd be looking at, at a, a good Division Three campaign and then setting themselves up for a big game, likely against Donegal, uh, potentially at home as well. The thing you'll always find about Division Three teams, and, and Monaghan were there, they might never be a Division One team, right? The, the, the gap's too far. But they can take out a Division Two team that might have the potential to, to beat a Division One team, if that makes sense. So, like, you know, a Derry could beat a Donegal in Celtic Park in the Ulster Championship. They'll not beat a Dublin, right? That's not the conversation. But in the same way as Calvin took out Donegal last year, you know, Calvin were never going to beat a, a Dublin or a top-tier team. You, you would have felt Donegal probably could have. So that's where these teams can have a big impact in terms of the All-Ireland conversation. They can take out a team above them um, that that might have an influence further up. So I'm looking at Derry. Calvin will, 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 will have a big part to play insofar as they need to bounce back. They need to show that it wasn't just a, a one-hit wonder last year. So there'll be a bit of pressure on those. Uh, Tipperary, listen, we're always very quick to write off Tipperary. They play with a lovely open style, natural footballers. They'll come out of that Division 3. I don't see them being trouble there. Um, the problem is they're just going to hit Kerry in a, in a monster championship. So they could have a, they could have a short year. Um, so lo- loads of talent there. And uh, But listen, I'm, I'm just sort of keeping a, a watchful eye on Derry if they show a wee bit um, that they could have a wee say later on in the, in the summer. Um, other than that, it's, it's, you know, it's hard to see because a lot, of, a lot of flux and change in a lot of the, the, the lower counties and it's to see, can they get a wee bit of form and maybe have a wee bit of a, of a summer out of them? Yeah, well, a few storylines and a few teams to look out for there. And I suppose after hurling getting the showcase last week, it's good to be back talking football. Dick, Dunica, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks, Will. Thanks, boys. That's all we have time for this week on the Throne and Association with Alliance. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week reviewing all the hurling and football action. In the meantime, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or listen on independent.ie. So until next time, thanks for listening and goodbye. Alliance. Supporting all 32 counties through the Alliance Leagues.